this is a preview from today's angel story. But I just thought it was so weird that the night before I asked for like a big sign to know that my friend's husband would be okay. And then that had happened out of all the nurses that were on the floor and all the patients I could have had. I had that experience with her. Beautiful souls, do you have a prayer request or want us to send you healing energy today? Would you like us to be praying for your friend or loved one? If this is you, go to worldslargestprayernetwork.com to submit your prayer request. And while you're there, please sign up to join our team of prayer warriors. The angels say prayer not only opens you to miracles, raises your vibration, and helps you heal, but the more you pray, the more God's presence is felt on earth. Feel your angels' love as they surround you right now, and listen for the positive, loving messages your angels intended specifically for you in today's episode. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host and author, Julie Jancis. And today we have Jenna with us. She's going to share some personal angel stories and also one that came through one of her patients. And I know that you're just going to love and resonate with this story so much. Jenna, welcome to the show. Hi, Julie. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to share this story with you guys. Um, I want to preface this first story um, by saying I'm 29 now, but when I was 26, I started going through like a spiritual awakening and I work as a critical care nurse. And so this happened at work. But recently there was a girl that went to my high school and her husband died, who was 29 and she was pregnant with their first kid. Um, so, you know, like we do, I was asking um, for my dad, spirit guides, God, universe source, just give me a sign that she was going to be okay. Um, knowing that Billy crossed and, you know, she's about to have this baby. So I literally wrote in my gratitude journal the night before, please send me a sign that Billy is going to be okay and send love to Hillary. Um, and then this happened. So I work in a cardiac ICU where we work with open heart surgical patients and my first patient of the day, she was a post-op day one. So that means she had surgery the day before. I walked on to shift and I could hear this patient talking like a mile a minute. She had something we called magical thinking. Um, we use the terms alert and oriented in the medical world. So they're alert. They know that they're awake and they know who they are. They know where they are and why they're there. And she didn't have any of that. So she was her eyes were were wide open and she was talking a lot. She was saying things like, oh, I've been to Mars. I haven't been to Jupiter. My uh, bra size is this on my rest breast and right breast and this on my left breast and like going on and on and on and on. And so I was like, okay, whatever. Like I started doing my assessment and charting. And then all of a sudden these crazy wild thoughts that she was having turned um, into, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Somebody help me. I'm going to die. In the medical field, if you hear someone say they're going to die or have like some sort of impending doom, you grab the code part. It's the first thing that you do, which I wanted to bring up to you because I thought you would find that interesting. Yeah. 
So I called for my friend, Brandon down the hall. I was like, Brandon, can you bring me the code card? So we're, she's sitting there, you know, with this impending doom. And then sure enough, she goes into a, a grand mall seizure. So a grand mall seizure is the kind that you'd see like on TV. It's the big jerking and they lose consciousness. Um, she was jerking so much that I had to hold her down because I thought she was literally going to bounce off the side rail, like over the side rail of the bed. I remember thinking like it was just so aggressive. You know, we did the whole thing. You turn her on the side. You 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 get the tongue out of the mouth. One thing that happened before this that I wanted to point out too is like all my lines stopped working. So like my IV stopped working. My blood pressure monitoring line stopped working. Even my Foley catheter like started leaking. Like everything just wasn't going right in the room. So, and then this seizure happened and it lasted maybe like two minutes. And usually after people have a seizure, they go through something called a postictal phase, which is, you know, they're kind of agitated, a little lethargic, confused, tired, kind of grumpy. This lady, I kid you not, one second she was seizing. And then the next second she sat right up and she looked me right in the face and she said, when am I going to see my surgeon? And I was just like, we were all dumbfounded in the room. There was like five of us in the room, like responding to the seizure. And she just started talking normally, like that, all that confusion and delirium that she had was gone. No more magical thinking. And I was like, can you tell me where you are? What did you have done? She passed everything. And so everyone leaves the room and then the code cart's dragged out and it's just me and her. And she looks at me and she goes, geez, I'll never do that again. And I said, do what again? And she said she used to drive by churches and flip them off. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, um, okay, like, why do you say that? And she said, oh, I just met Jesus. And he asked me if I wanted to come back. And I said, yes. <gasps> and so I'm like standing there and then her family's in the room and they're staring at me, like looking for guidance. And I didn't know what to do. So I, I told a little white lie. And I said, oh, you know, we hear that stuff in critical care all the time. Like, that's normal. And I got out of the room. And I, I was like, okay, I need to process this. So I go out and I tell my coworkers. And it, it's different in the medical field. I feel like some people are spiritually aware and some people aren't. So majority of the people who were on that day were just like, oh, she's crazy. She's crazy. And I was like, okay, there's a reason this patient was given to me. I'm going to go investigate. So I went back in the room and I said, excuse me, like, tell me exactly what happened. Like, can you walk me through the process that just happened with you? And, and she said, yeah. So when she, she started dreaming and she explains going up a escalator and the whole time she's going up the escalator, all she can talk about, or, you know, even think about is the brightness the love and the warmth that she's experiencing. And she emphasized that like five times. She got to the top of the escalator and she saw a man who she believes is Jesus and like all of her family members behind her, like her grandparents, her aunts, her uncles. And then this is the kicker. Jesus was holding a baby um, who was her stillborn son. And she was able to speak to him for the first time. And he, he was fine. And, they were showing her that he was taken care of on the other side. Um, and she got to say hi to all of her family members. And that's when Jesus asked her, you know, you can stay here with us. Or if you feel like you still have stuff to do on the other side, you, we can send you back. And she said that she made the choice to come back. And that's when she woke up and we were all standing around her in the room. 
And I, I don't know, I just had to share that story with you immediately. Um, but I just thought it was so weird that the night before I'd asked for like a big sign to know that my friend's husband would be okay. And then that had happened out of all the nurses that were on the floor and all the patients I could have had. I had that experience with her. Oh, the other thing she did say, which I didn't want to forget too, is Jesus showed her her life in a bubble. Yes. She saw everything flash before, like in the bubble. Yes. And she said she saw everything she did, everything she accomplished, felt all the feelings in an instant, but it still didn't feel like it was done. So she, that's why she decided to come back. Oh, like, <laughs> I don't even know where to begin. There's just so much here. Um, mm -hmm. There are so many stories and people who say that, and I've seen it so many times in my session that I, I just know it to be 100% fact that there is a way through connecting with your higher self when you're still here on earth, through just when we're on the other side as souls too, to be able to hold energies of an entire lifetime or millennia or time periods that we can't even think about and just hold them and feel them and know every single moment of all of it within an instant. And I don't think our brains can even process or fathom what that is, but that's how it works over there. Okay, so what was magical thinking? Why do, what, like, what is that term and why do people use that in the nursing field? So magical thinking is like, when people are arranging a bunch of sentences, like rambling, and none of the categories of the sentences kind of line up. So like she was talking about, oh, she went to Mars, but not Jupiter. And then one of her boobs is bigger than the other. And like, you know, like all these mismatched conversations. And I kid you not, this woman, like you couldn't get a word in. She was so out there in her mind. Like she didn't, she did not know she was having these conversations with me um, or the rest of the team. She didn't know what she was saying. She has no recollection of it either after. I don't know why exactly it happens. For her sake, we were assuming it was the reaction to anesthesia because she had anesthesia less than 24 hours ago. Um, and then also she had like some electrolyte imbalances. Sometimes when you have really low sodium, you can get confused and delirious. But I had never seen it to the degree that this lady was displaying. Usually it's just like, oh, like... What's, what's that person doing over there in the corner? And they're like seeing stuff. But this lady was flat out constant. It makes me wonder. Yeah, it makes me wonder like if as people are going through the death process that maybe chemicals are shifting around in the brain and stuff is like where I wonder if people are able to physically get to this place of almost like psychedelics, right? Because sometimes that happens, doesn't it, with psychedelics? That's interesting. Yeah, that that would be a great point. I mean, it only makes sense if you're able, because you must have to be able to use a different part of your brain. Right. And the like, I would imagine that through the process of actually dying, something is happening within the physical body. I'm just making this up where different levels are shifting and the levels aren't where they normally are. So maybe something is happening there. That's really wild. I feel like that would be something worth looking into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, for sure. And then 
I thought it was really fascinating. You said if in the medical field as a nurse, if a patient says they're going to die, the first thing you are told to do is grab um, the code cart. There's something about impending doom. So usually it's impending doom where you grab the code cart or if they start seeing loved ones on the other side. They don't talk about this a lot, like, but it's very interesting. If And I told, so I told the surgery team what had happened after this whole thing had kind of fizzled out. And I was talking to the nurse practitioner and she said, if she starts seeing people on the other, like her family members who have passed, grab the code card again and call us. And it's just as normal as that in the medical field. You're like, okay, yeah, I will. But doesn't that prove something? Doesn't that prove that science really does trust the patient's intuition? Yes. Yes. And it's funny because the the nurses who who don't or not super interested in this kind of stuff, they won't kind of humor the idea, but the sec of seeing loved ones on the other side and then grabbing the code cart. But if you ask them, hey, if your patient's having impending doom, would you grab the code cart? Nine point nine out of ten nurses would say yes. Well, I would grab the the code cart. Mm-hmm. That and that's is how, fascinating. I've seen a lot of codes um, on my floor because it's a cardiac ICU. And by code, we mean like having your heart stop doing CPR, um, defibrillating. And I'm, I would say the patients who are conscious before almost always have the impending doom feeling. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, <laughs> and then I love that the story ties together. It wasn't just an angel story where you just heard this randomly, like you were praying this prayer for a friend and just really wanting to find peace in your heart that she was going to be okay. And then this patient returns from a near-death experience, which I'm, I'm sure doesn't happen every day. Like you just don't see that. No. And I totally lied to the family and I feel bad because I didn't know what to say in the moment. They were looking for me for comfort. And I was like, yeah, this happens a lot on the critical care unit. I didn't know what to say. (laughs) And I like left the room numb. I was like, okay, where do I start with this? Like, what would Julie want me to do? So I'm going to go back and ask her all my questions. Um, But it's funny because I saw her like three days later and she was doing fine. And I asked him, like, do you remember what happened the other day? And like the story that you had told me. And she said, yeah. And I said, are you still never going to flip off churches? And she said, never again. <gasps> and her husband did. In fact, he validated. He's like, she literally would drive by a church and flip it off. <laughs> so <laughs> she wasn't lying at that either. So I thought that was really cool. I was able to check back in with her and see where she stood and she didn't rub it off as like a dream or like a weird thing that happened like it was still firm in her mind like this happened for a reason and this is real so wow wow Mm -hmm. wow so one thing that often happens for for people in sessions is there are what they call ascended masters on the other side so jesus was an ascended master um buddha was an ascended master mother mary um mary magdalene there are ascended masters from every single religion and they do come through but i think it's so cool that you know jesus was the one that showed up for her maybe to concretely that's interesting because she told me she was raised as a strict catholic yes um and had a, a not the best experience so then after she became atheist and that's what she practiced until 
she had that experience. So it makes sense that of all people, it would have been Jesus who came. Yeah. Yeah. Because the, the damage was done there. And so he's coming around to heal that, that damage and that wound within her being and that he was holding her son. Mm-hmm. Her husband froze when she said that. Yeah. You could tell like there's goosebumps all throughout the room. There are moments in life where these huge, huge validators happen, just like this story. And, and you just have this concrete faith and foundation. Like, you know, like, you know, like, you know, that nobody could ever talk you out of it. Like that, that wasn't something it it was tangible. It's almost something like you could reach out and touch. It was so real. And it was even more so real. Um, I wish I could explain to you and show you like the equipment that was breaking in the room before, because there was like no reason for that equipment to be breaking. And my charge nurse was in there helping me trying to like fix some of the lines and like see if we could get another read on the, on the computer screen. And then that happened. And then all of a sudden my lines were working after it was, it was like, she was literally being taken from me and there was nothing I could do because here I was trying to fidget and fix everything. And I couldn't Yeah, because there was something greater in the room. But I also find it really interesting too. Like, I know, like, I know, like, I know my dad is on the other side and he's, whenever people say that he's sorry that he passed, I always respond with, um, don't be, he's super present and it always like shocks them. But like, I know he's over there. Yeah. But when something traumatic, like what happened to my friend happens, you know, you, you like yearn for something more. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, I know you're over there, dad, but I need to know that Billy is over there. <laughs> like, You know what I mean? And so I just found it so interesting that even though you already have your experiences and your knowledge that they're still willing to step it up a notch for you when you need it. Yeah. So I thought that was, that was a cool experience too. It's one of the questions that I get the most is, or people make statements like, Julie, my spirit team must be so frustrated with me because I continually ask for validation. And they're like, absolutely not. Please tell them we will give them as much validation because it's just fun. It is fun to get the signs. It is fun to have Mm -hmm. them come through. Um, My grandma has like kept on going with the signs and she has brought through really, really powerful signs since she passed. And um, somebody in our family is going through something very, very major and it has us all have anxiety and concern. And um, she got you know, this appointment date and out of all of the days, months in advance, it fell on my grandma's birthday. And, and it was just like total peace for the entire family, just right off the bat. Um, like everything is going to be okay. Grandma's got this. She's speaking, you know, through signs and symbols. I want to hear your stories because I know that you have some angel stories that, your dad has brought through? Yeah, honestly, it's been an amazing journey since he passed. Um, and I, I am going to write a book. I have had so many people tell me I need to write a book. Yes. Um, but he was an interesting guy. So he was very smart. He was a part of Mensa. I'm not sure if you know what Mensa is. I don't know is. what that is. It's like an IQ club and only like a certain percentage of the world is in it. So like 
Elon Musk is in it. Not saying he's like Elon Musk, but like those are some of like the famous names you would hear in Mensa. So um, when he, he was a doctor, so he was triple board certified. So he was three different types. He did anesthesia, pain management and internal medicine. And he passed unexpectedly. Um, During COVID, he was a travel doctor and he um, was in a travel assignment in Arkansas and I'm in Maine. So it was very far away when he passed. But I, you know, the second I found out that he had passed, my whole family and I joked, we're like, he is so smart. If he's going to, if there is a way, he will find it and he will master it to communicate with us. Like there's no doubt in my mind. So my brother and I, we flew out to Arkansas and we gathered his things and we drove home and we got home and we realized that there was like this really rare, it was a Russian eagle. It's called a stellar sea eagle in, in Maine. So it was interesting because this, the stellar sea eagle from Russia stopped in Texas, where my dad was technically a resident of when he passed. That was his state of residence. It then stopped in Massachusetts, where he was born and all of his family lives. And then it landed, I kid you not, on the same beach in Maine that he used to take us to the summer at every summer in Georgetown. And it stayed there for like two months. And so my aunt called me and she goes, hey, Jenna, I'm not sure if you know, but this rare Russian eagle showed up on the, uh, in Georgetown the day that your dad died. And the funny thing about it being Russian is my dad spoke Russian. And he was, he loved the Russian ladies. We almost had a mail order bride at one point. (laughs) (laughs) So that was, he was one of those kind of guys. But so we always related the the stellar sea eagle with um, him and it stayed for like a couple months and then it left. And it was really cool because a lot of people from like New England traveled like hours to get a picture of this bird. And it was on the news every day. So like every day you'd wake up, you'd see the news and he'd say, oh, the stellar eagle's still in Maine. And I'd be like, okay, thanks dad. Um, so he passed away on New Year's Eve and his birthday was, it's February 27th. So 227, which I see 227 everywhere all the time. Um, but it, this year was a year mark of his passing and on February 1st or 2nd or one of the first two days in February that eagle the same type of eagle came back in in Maine and it landed on the same beach get and it, it's back again to like times two so like once is enough and I was really dreading his birthday this year I'm not gonna lie just because it's just like another you know another year has passed like makes you really think about it, but, um, it stayed, I think it actually still might be here. I haven't heard that it's left. That's amazing. So the Russian Eagle is back a, a little over a year since he passed and a year to his birthday. So I thought that was really cool. That is incredible. I just love him. And he was so, he was aggressive, like Italian, Boston, mil- <laughs> he was in the military physician. Like he was that was just his style and I knew that he wouldn't show up as like a cardinal like a cardinal doesn't suit him (laughs) like he came as a rare Russian raptor and he came twice (laughs) that is amazing I love him (laughs) um one other story that I find really cool about him is um when he passed um of course there's a lot of expenses that come with someone passing and I'm a child so I and he's not married so the expenses fell on to me and like 
autopsies, a few thousand dollars, funeral, getting his body from Arkansas back into New England was crazy. And I racked up my credit card bills. So at this time, I had just left. I left the hospital for a little bit to work in an office. And, um, you know, nurses were in a union. We talk about all the benefits. We talk about our pay. We don't shy away from anything. So we always talk about like our retirement accounts and what we contribute and what's the best way to kind of like work the system. So I knew that we all had a 403B, which was nice. What I didn't know is that we had a pension. Mm -hmm. I had never heard any of the nurses, and I worked there for a long time, any of the nurses bring up a pension that was never in the gossip. I don't remember signing anything. Like when I, you mean when you sign on, I don't remember signing anything about a pension. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So anyways, all the costs um, from my dad's stuff ended up being around $8,500. And I was talking to my husband and I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to pay off these credit card bills. This is ridiculous. And then about three weeks later, I got a letter in the mail from the hospital that I work at. And it says, call Bluefin Company, like in order to take care of the pension that you had, whatever. So I texted my old charge nurse and I was like, hey, like, is it true we have a pension at Eastern Maine? I've never heard anyone talk about it. I thought it was kind of spam mail at first. And um, she's like, I've never heard of it, but why don't you reach out to HR? So I called HR and they were like, actually, um, in 2015, we quietly started a pension program and you have to be vetted into the program. You have to work here for four years in order to get the benefits of the pension. And um, I asked them, I was like, so how long did I work at the hospital before I quit? And it was four weeks, four years and one week. And I kid you not, it was, it was like $8,700. Well, it was more than that. But by the time I cashed it out, because they take so many taxes, it ended up being like the exact amount I needed to pay off my credit card bills from my dad's expenses. So that was just like a check out of the blue of a program that I had never heard of, or any of my nursing friends had never heard of. Um, just to help pay for the expenses. Cause that was the thing that was stressing me out the most, honestly, was like, how am I going to get these credit card bills down? Cause it takes so long to have access to any of the funds or anything, you know? So yeah, those are two of my favorite stories about him. Wow. <laughs> I could go on and on and on, but <laughs> that is incredible. I love your stories. Your dad comes through as just such a powerhouse from the other side. He is so good at bringing through those signs. And I love that you said that, you know, your dad wouldn't come through as a cardinal because that just like wasn't his energy, which is so true. And <laughs> it's it's funny because um It's not only that, but sometimes there are people who maybe believe more and there's some people who are more skeptical, right? And so my daughter all the time asks my dad to come through as different color birds. Um, She's like, cardinals are just, we see them all the time because I see them all the time. 
And we've started getting all of these multicolored birds <laughs> flying into the yard. Um, at first she was on yellow birds and now it's bluebirds. We see bluebirds all the time. But you can know that their energy would be different and that's why they're coming through in a different form. And sometimes if you just need more validation, you can ask for the sign that it is that you want to see and know that they will show up for you. Actually, I have to tell you this quick yeah. one. My dad was very much into Bigfoot and he was, he used to call it squatching. He would go out into the woods and like look for signs of Bigfoot because he had nothing <laughs> better to do. And he was also like a huge ski bum. Like we grew up skiing all over the country. Um, so for his birthday, I had actually asked dad, like, I know this is going to be hard, but I want to see Bigfoot skiing. Like, let's see it. So... <laughs> It was like a little bit before his birthday, maybe like a week before his birthday. Um, one of my friend's boyfriends posted a picture. He was skiing out in Lake Tahoe. And on the on the mountain, there was a Bigfoot sculpture. And he took a selfie with it. And he he tagged it at the ski resort. And I'm like, okay, that is probably as close as we're going to get. I'll accept it. But yeah. I just thought that was so weird that there was a Bigfoot statue where my friend was skiing and he took a selfie with it. So, and there's no way like you didn't tell him or anything. It was just that no. you took a picture of it. <laughs> I called him after and I was, his name's Madison. I was like, Madison, you'll never guess what you just did for me. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. You can ask for signs and they will show up. They it's will. cool. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. Jenna, thank you so much for being on the show and thank you for being uh, a nurse and, and doing everything, like all the work that you've done in nursing in the past. And thank you to all the nurses out there because that is a hard job. I could feel the heavier energy as you were talking about working on that floor with that first story and, uh, and nurses just don't get thanked enough. So if everybody can show their gratitude and send love to all of the nurses in the world, I think that we can help the angels in supporting them today. Thank you for listening. And Jenna, thank you for being on the show. Yeah, thank you for having me. And thank you for what you do too, because it's really, it's helped me so much. And I'm sure it's helped so many others. So thank you. Aww. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful soul. Thank you so much for joining me today. My name's Julie. You know, I'm all about connecting you with messages from your angels and loved ones on the other side. If you've been listening today and you're super excited and just have to know which angels are around you right now, who's connecting with you, and what messages they have for you, go to theangelmedium.com. Register for a session. You can do a reading with me or a member of my team. We're all incredible. We all talk to angels daily, and we can help you in making sure that your angels are doing the very best they can to support you and guide you to your best life. If this sounds like you, virtual sessions, they're only offered on my website. Sign up today. And if you're the person who's really excited, you're ready to go all in developing all of your unique spiritual gifts, growing your intuition, starting your own healing business, you can sign up for my Angel Reiki School to become a certified angel messenger. That's for the healers among us who feel called to grow their intuition to the max and serve humanity with their gifts.
You'll learn Reiki, mediumship, how to deliver angel messages, and how to get clients. That's the Angel Reiki School at theangelmedium.com or DM me on Instagram at angelpodcast with any questions. Before you go, connect with your angels by placing your hands on your heart. Take a deep breath. Imagine a doorway filled with God's unconditional love is right in front of you. Step into that love and feel it as it fills your body, chakras, and auric field. Now ask your angels, what would you have me know today? And open yourself to the positive, loving messages they have just for you.